Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. Star Trek's Journey to Babel. Hundreds of diplomats have boarded the Enterprise en route to a secret location called Babel. Sarek and Amanda arrive by shuttle and are received at, by at, um, received with a ambassador greeting by the Enterprise senior officers. Sarek and Amanda are Spock's parents from Vulcan. Sir, Sarek seems disgusted with Spock. Sarek is disgusted by Spock's human element, never expressing or showing love or a mind melt with his son. Sarek's family has massive Vulcan land ownership and a significant class prestige and status among the Vulcan elite and ruling class. Sarek's voice is heard throughout Vulcan and the Federation. Sarek refuses Kirk's offer for Spock to give them a tour guide around the Enterprise. Instead, he asks for a different guide. Amanda chastises Spock for not visiting them and says, I would have thought after all this time with humans, you would have learned to smile. You still haven't learned to smile. Amanda expresses resentment for Spock's long absence, indicating it has been four years since their, his last visit. Kirk learns from Amanda that Sarek disagreed with Spock's decision to join Starfleet instead of the Vulcan Science Academy. Spock discarded, disregarded the family tradition and the Vulcan way. Sarek believes Spock's decision was illogical. Sarek correctly criticized Spock for choosing peace through force. Sarek accesses the Federation, assessed the Federation as an organization involved with numerous acts of force, conflict, and secret military activity throughout the Federation. Sarek desired for Spock to learn the ambassador discipline like him and gain influence through family power, relationships, and wealth. Sarek believes Spock would, sh would learn and should practice the traditions of his fathers. Amanda tells McCoy that Spock, as a child, had a pet called Selat, a fat teddy bear. Spock tells McCoy that the Vulcan teddy bears are alive and have six-inch fangs. Journey to Babel centered on the council issue surrounding the emission uh, to the of the planet Corridan into the Federation. The issue for emission was important to the Vulcan and it required the retired 102-year-old Sarek to handle the Vulcan's position on the conference. Previously, Sarek had openly and publicly debated Gav, the Tellarite, and won the argument. The Tellarite was not happy. Vulcan indirectly accused the Tellarites and Orions of illegally smuggling dilithium crystals. Vulcan wanted uh, Federation law in order to govern the trade, and the Federation represented the best balance of power in favor of the Vulcans. Military hegemony. Sark privately chastised um, Amanda for embarrassing Spock. Amanda replied back to Sark, I thought you did not approve of Starfleet. Do you respect Starfleet now? And are you proud of your son? Sarek is logically stating that a Starfleet officer should be shown respect and personal differences do not justify disrespect. 
Amanda's wishful thinking will not lead Sarg into action that will show any emotion or affection towards his son. Spock is alone in the world with only his friends on the Enterprise. The Enterprise detects the scout ship and Kirk wants Spock's opinion, to which Spock replies, I shall need more data for my estimation. The alien scout ship can travel at warp 10 and it is allowing, allowing it to avoid any of the Enterprise weaponry. Gab threatens Sarek after Sarek discloses that Vulcan will vote for admission to Korodan into the Federation. Sarek tells Gav that the threats are illogical and the payment is often expensive. Later, Gav is found murdered with a broken neck and Sarek is the prime suspect. Spock explains that Sarek would have to have a reason to kill, but if that reason was compelling, Sarek was capable of killing. Spock describes the method of killing as Shayla Shay, Pressure applied mercifully to a specific spot on the neck vertebrae, rendering the victim instantly dead. Kirk charged Sark as the prime suspect. Sark collapses when his heart valve uh, fails. Sark explains that he has had three heart valve failures, and at the time of the murder, he was in a private meditation and experiencing heart valve failure on the third level of the observation deck. McCoy recommends chirogenic open-heart surgery, but the procedure will require vast amounts of T-negative Vulcan blood. Spock has the rare blood type and agrees to use the experimental drug that will double his blood production capability. McCoy expresses reserve because he's never performed a surgery on a Vulcan and the drug could damage Spock's spleen and liver. An imposter Andorian, or Orion, attacks Kirk near his quarters and punctures his left lung in a knife fight. Spock tells Thelvel that the attack was illogical because the Andorians profit in no way by the attack. Thelvel argues that the Andorians are using an act of passion for gain and the Andorians want to murder the 100 delegates. Spock now refuses to assist in the operation because his duty requires him to command the Enterprise and his duty cannot be relinquished for personal reasons. Amanda says, your duty is to your father. Nothing is more important as your father's life. You are not really Vulcan. And after the boy had ridiculed Spock, Amanda tells Spock, the human part cried. I cried too. There must be some part of me in you. Spock does not budge. Amanda tells him, If you do not save your father, I will hate you for the rest of your life. Spock says, I cannot. Kirk appears at the bridge and tricks Spock into thinking he is fit for duty. Spock is ordered to report to sickbay for the operation. Kirk destroys the Orion ship. Kirk transfers command to Scotty and Sarek, Spock, and Kirk are together at sickbay. Spock asked Sarek why he married Amanda, and Sarek replied, it seemed logical at the time. Kirk wants to continually uh, continue daily duties, but McCoy tells him to lie down and be quiet. Spock tells the group that he's never seen McCoy happier, and McCoy says, I finally, ha- I, I finally get the last word. In the Star Trek episode, Journey to Babylon, the Enterprise is transporting various diplomats, including Spock's father, Sarek, 
to a conference during the journey the assassin attempts to be made assassination attempts to be made on the diplomats and the crew must apprehend the assassins among them the assassins are Orions disguised as Andorians is part of a plot to disrupt the conference and prevent the Cordodon uh, system from joining the Federation, which would benefit the Orions. The assassination attempts are part of a larger political intrigue involving competing interests among representatives as the, car, the conference will decide the future of the mineral-rich planet Corridon. The this is very similar to or any um, conflict, military conflict, where resources are involved. And I'll explain that as it relates to Africa. The Orions are against the Cordians joining the Federation because they have taken advantage of the factional conflict on Corridon to fund, construct, and manage illegal dilithium mining operations. Remember, dilithium is necessary to power the uh, spaceships through space. It's a valuable resource. If the Cordons uh, were to join the Federation, the Ryans would lose their ability to exploit the planet's resources and profit from the situation. So here in this case, one group profits by exploitation. Another group seeks to um, harvest the resources for expansion of their own needs. Dilithium is like the diamonds in Africa and to Europe. Europe used the diamonds in Africa to build the jewelry stores and to cater to the rich and super rich. And the way they were able to keep the diamonds um, prices and value high is to create scarcity. If they can, uh, if the European elite could control the diamonds in Africa, they could control the uh, the jewelry market because diamonds would be considered a valuable resource. Both the lithium and diamonds are difficult to find and mine. In actuality, they are hard to find. But there are areas of Africa where they're very plentiful, and but they are owned by large corporation to keep the scarcity high. So scarcity is the keeps the price high by reducing supply and increasing demand. The Federation lot relies on dilithium crystals to power starships and advanced technologies, while Europe and other parts of the world rely on diamonds for jewelry and industrial uses like drills. However, the mining and trade of both resources also have association with exploitation, conflict, and corruption in respective regions. In Africa, the diamond industry have been plagued by issues such as child labor, environmental damage, violence, while the dilithium trade in the Federation has been targeted by criminal organization and hostile alien species like the Orions. And they were able to, if they joined the Federation, they would have joined uh, the Federation's protection, and then they would no longer be capable of being exploited by the Orions. Now, China's oil trade in Africa can be compared to Orion dilithium dirty trades in Star Trek Journey to Babel, episodes due to the exploitation and manipulation of a valuable resource, that being oil. 
for political and economic gain. Um, China builds cities in Africa, and then there are a large number of Chinese that are migrated to those cities that they've helped build. And so there's um, almost like a, a transplant that's going on of Chinese people in Africa, creating ecosystems in Africa with the, the structures and the infrastructure that the Chinese provide. In return, China, uh, Africa is selling millions of gallons, millions of barrels of oil to China each day, um, and it becomes part of that trade. Now, if is it um, is it s smart trading that is occurring, or is it exploitation? Well, in China's view, it's smart trade. In Africa's view, it doesn't reduce poverty, it builds large cities, and um, there's still lots of poverty. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, build better infrastructure, it builds larger cities, and those larger cities uh, provide jobs and wealth, so it's considered to be um, a beneficial in the sense of utility, but there's still a increasing class difference that emerges as a result of this. As a result of China getting the oil, China is able to maintain its status as superpower and continue uh, the operation of its economy. So it stays a, it stays a superpower in that terms. Both the Orion dilithium trade and China's oil trade in Africa involve the pursuit of valuable resources that are critical to their respective economies and technologies. However, these trades are associated with exploitation, corruption, and conflict due to the interests of various parties involved. In the case of Orion dilithium trade, the Orions were willing to go to great lanes, including assassination sabotage, to maintain their control over the resources. In Africa, China maintained their secrecy in their trade relationships with Africa from the West. And when they did reveal that they were openly trading with China, it, um, was, it did not come without scrutiny as China was gaining stronger military and economic presence in Africa. Um, and that becomes a concern for the, the economies of the West and for uh, the military strength in that region. In summary, the, comp the comparison between China's oil trade in Africa and the Orion Dilithium, dirty trades in Star Trek, Journey to Babel, lies in the pursuit of valuable resources and the potential negative consequences associated with their exploitation and manipulation.